Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome along to the cult, the meeting of the elders, where once a month we take a look at the, what you guys think. Don't redo that so you don't stumble on the first line of the podcast. No, I don't, Richard. I want to stumble on the first line of the podcast. Um, because this is, of course, our sort of more relaxed episode we do once a month where we uh, look at uh, what you guys think. And by you guys, I mean the people who are paying a premium to have their little opinions said out loud on a podcast that not a lot of people listen to. Mm, their little opinions. Uh, if if there's if there's you know what a great way to spend your money and if you want to get in on that head on over to patreon.com slash Cole and join the cult elders tier and where for fifteen dollars a month you can send in voice messages or regular messages and we will read them out. Richard, we have got a lot to get through. That we could be sure the name do, of the episode. Alex. Hey. Um <laughs> And uh, we've got a message. We've got a bunch of voice messages. Don't don't f- let us forget this because I'd hate to leave anyone out. We've got a bunch of voice messages. We've got I think one big Discord message, mm-hmm. and we actually have a Patreon mail in Ooh. as well, which I will. I, I didn't will, even know uh, about bring, that. Bring up now. Came in this morning um, from who I am just assuming is a. As a cult elder patron, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we could start off with that one because it's a little off topic. This is from um, Paul Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Paul says, uh, I'm not sure if this is strictly allowed on cult elders, but there's something about secret invasion that I need to get off my chest. No spoilers for the series, which is good because I, like the rest of the world, have not mm. watched it. <laughs> I, I watched two episodes and I just haven't brought myself to yeah. watch three or four. Yeah, right, right. And you know, you have, I didn't know if you'd seen it or not. That's how low impact the series mm. is. It's like... I haven't even bothered to ask you if you've been watching it because yeah. I just do not care about it. To yeah. Um, Paul says it contains one of the most depressing things I've seen in the MCU. It reveals well, it that sounds like there's a big spoiler coming. <laughs> And I just thought that when Nick Fury died at the end of episode three, um, it reveals that despite everything that has happened in the MCU, Brexit still took place. Episode mm. two shows a tribunal, um, and it specifically describes as being held to 27 EU nations plus the UK. So, Paul has given us a brief history of events in the MCU. 2012, first public proof of alien life during the Battle of New York. 2013, alien invasion of London, defeat by previously assumed mythical Norse god. (laughs) 2014, a major US security agency is revealed to be run by Nazis. Documents leaked by Black Widow would presumably show Hydra activity within the British state. 2015, a rogue AI destroys Sokovia 
in an attempt to wipe out humanity. 2016, despite all this, enough of the UK population <laughs> still believe that the main problem in the, is the EU and vote to leave. 2018, half of the Earth's population is snapped out of existence. 2020, Boris Johnson gets it done and the UK leaves the European Union. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, that, so the, the leaving the European Union would have happened in the five years the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's very good what do you think about that do you have any thoughts on that uh, i mean i think if anything it would be more likely to get it done so to speak mm. in that time With less people yeah. less people objecting to it yeah 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 well thank you paul that is certainly a, a great uh look into what the mcu's timeline is is going like i always thought it was interesting that through no intentional storytelling just sort of accidentally that like we had the pandemic in our timeline mm. and they had the blip and, well and yeah I also like, that it was like they have a get out of jail free card for not yeah. having to address the pandemic yeah it's interesting isn't it um so usually on the uh the meeting of the elders we focus on the last three episodes of the podcast and people's thoughts on them and today as outside of that message is no different so we are going to be talking about the back to the future redux we did the uh last five straight to streaming barbie movies <laughs> and of course uh the Stuart little franchise before we get into the voice messages i'll read out cheese's message from the cult Alrighty. elders discord so this is what Cheese has to say on Back to the Future. I've seen the first one a bunch and enjoy it quite a bit, but I've never felt like it was perfect or the best film ever made. It's good, it's funny, it's entertaining, never saw the second, and I've only seen bits and pieces of the third one. My favourite part of the first is probably when he's on stage playing Johnny Be Good. It's so fun and full of joy, and then he takes it too far, and the line, your kids are going to love it, makes it makes me laugh every time. Interesting. I think the most interesting thing about reading this comment is reading someone who's had a dramatically different experience with yeah, Back yeah, to the yeah. Future than me. <laughs> yeah, I've only interacted with people with the same experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Barbie Ketchup Cheese says, really enjoyed this ep. I always hoped you'd return to the world of Barbie and it was great. Great to hear your thoughts, to hear how terrible the movies are, about how you enjoy being an expert on them. Does it haunt you to know that you both will have to watch Barbie and Scooby-Doo movies for as long as you both continue to do the podcast? One of those haunts uh, me more than the other. <laughs> <laughs> I edited a video interview for Letterboxd this week of Greta Gerwig um, talking about like the movies that inspired Barbie and there's a deleted scene in that interview that we haven't oh, posted wow. yet I, I hope i'm allowed to post i sent it to you yeah. where she is asked um what about the animated barbie movies uh did they inspire you at all and let me tell you <laughs> po cult popture audience that's an exclusive the answer the answer she gives is the answer of someone who has never seen the animated mm. barbie movies has barely ever thought about them and never once considered them important to developing her own movie because she basically says like oh no i just sort of wanted to go my own way with it and i didn't want to be hampered down by expectations which is absolutely right the right choice oh but yeah, I know yeah, yeah. There, there are some people out there just feels uh, like a waste of fucking with... 19 hours podcasting <laughs> yeah. about it <laughs> yeah exactly um that's it that's it it's like i said on the, the barbie catch-up podcast that like we don't need to watch any of this to prepare for the God, new barbie though. movie um and i think that uh interview actually confirmed it <clears throat> <laughs> absolutely it did 
Uh, Cheese also says on Stuart Little, I thought I'd seen Stuart Little, but I'd, I actually I'd just seen a TV movie called The Mouse and the Motorcycle, which sounds like it's better. This boy finds this mouse, Ralph, and gives him a toy motorcycle or something like that. The mouse makes the motorcycle go by making the noise with his mouth. The mouse can't talk. The boy <laughs> makes a helmet out of a ping pong ball that Ralph uses. There's a cat trying to eat Ralph or something. It's great. Way better than Stuart Little. That's all I have to say about Stuart that, Little. That doesn't sound better than Stuart Little, i got to say. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> okay. Let's see. All um, right. Should we just get some quick stats on the mouse and the motorcycle? Yeah, let's so do it. it's it's based on a book. The novel mm-hmm. first came out in 1965. The uh, the TV movie was in 1986. The entire thing's on YouTube. Apparently, it's 45 oh, minutes long. F- a free watch, then. Yeah, and it, it appears to be an actual mouse. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's an actual mouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ju- I mean, it lo- it looks like a mouse because it's got the long tail. But the oh, well, it could be anything with a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an ABC weekend special. Oh, I, I think it's like one of these things where it's a real mouse in some scenes, and then like a, a horrifying puppet in other ones. Like a, a um, it's got taxidermied mouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah, like actually, it's got Fred Savage in it. Wow, very cool. I wonder if he does a little Wonder Years monologue when thinking about how cool the little man is. <laughs> Six taxidermy mice were used to create the movement of Ralph. Fred Savage really was the Jonathan Lipnicki of the 80s. No, I think he's a better actor. Yeah. But possibly a worse person? Oh, worse interesting. Person? Although it says on the VHS box that Fred Savage is in the film, he is actually only in the second movie called Runaway Ralph. <laughs> it's a franchise. This is great. But they're stuff, TV weekend the specials. Un- yeah. Under an hour long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, shall we go to some messages, Richard? Uh yep. Which one would you like to do first? We've got five messages th- from three people yeah. uh, this month. Um so we've got two from Dan, two from uh Vincent. Uh, another one from another Vincent that has joined the cult elders tier, and finally a uh, a frighteningly long uh, video being sent to us from uh, Bliss My Dog. Who would you like to listen to first? Uh, well, should we just do in the order that we got them? So okay, so the first one is from uh, Dan from Hawaii. I'm gonna mm-hmm. open that now. I'm gonna open that with VLC. Sorry, computer, not so iTunes. So am I. So am I. All right, let me know when you're ready. All right, I'm ready to go. Three, two, one, go. Aloha. Oh, he's Dan off from Hawaii. <laughs> Here to say I finally listened to the Scooby-Doo episode. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Huge fan. If you, if, To those listening, if you haven't listened to uh, part four or part five yet, they are absolutely worth the time investment. The latter half of part five is one of my favorite uh, parts of your podcast ever just excellent um, intimate discussions and and Aww. and truths revealed and guests that you had and just a perfect film to end on you were so right about that just being a perfect cathartic conclusion to your whole project it was just so satisfying to listen all the way through love the back of the future episode I'm really 
Fuck you, AJ. You know why? You cut off Richard before he could finish writing a haiku. It wouldn't take that long. All right? <laughs> haikus, I mean, I write a hell of haikus, so I might be biased, but haikus don't take that long, and they're pretty fun. I wish y'all wrote haikus more often. You've done it in the past, and yeah. I just want you to do it yeah. again. And I, I was so, oh, you edged me. You, 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 you blue-balled <laughs> me on the plane. All right, that sounded bad. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I wrote uh, three haikus for Back to the Future while Richard was recapping part one. And uh, for part one, I have <clears throat> Marty McFly drives back to the past, meets parents, almost fucks his mom. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Part two, <laughs> Marty McFly flies back to the future, the past, almost fucks it up. <laughs> part three, Marty McFly rides back to the West. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Almost fucks a horse. <laughs> you know, they, I read a lot of haikus. Ain't all gonna be winners. The beauty about haikus is they don't have to be good. All right? They just have to be 575-ish. In fact, you know, there's a lot of debate about whether it should be 575. Because if you go back to the original haiku, uh, it's a bit of an anglicization of it. Because it wasn't necessarily syllables as much as it was the actual uh, characters in the Japanese language that were making up the thing. So, you know, people have been toying around with the whole syllable setup. So it doesn't have to strictly follow 575 if you don't want to worry about that. Yeah, just three lines. And the third one is a bit of a subversion or a twist or or some kind of thing to, to make the haiku uh, really poetic. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, I have a... Y'all make a lot of excellent 9-11 jokes. And I, I have one about Back to the Future as well. Uh, in the unreleased 9-11 part two, he comes back. It's Lone Tower. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll be here yes, for the next minute. that's so good. <laughs> uh, love the Stuart Little episode. Shout out to my goth bitch bestie, Rachel. <laughs> As always, looking forward to their wonderful breakdown of the adaptation differences with Men in Black as well. Really looking forward to that episode. Really feels like a classic cult pop share sort of franchise to cover, you know, with an, ama- a per- an amazing first film. Uh, a couple sequels that are kind of, you know, like, eh, you know. And then a fourth one that's just like, "Mm, absolutely not. Uh, I feel like that's a very classic sort of franchise uh, setup to sort of do. As you mentioned before in the podcast, I really wish I had planned out things to say for this this, uh, Cold Elder segment, but uh, that's pretty much it. I just want to hear y'all write some haikus. They don't don't take time. You know, make them about... More of the movies you watched uh, since since the last Cult Elders episode. Uh, maybe write a haiku about whatever, about how you feel right now. Just I just want to hear a haiku from both of you. That's my request. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Aloha also means goodbye. Fantastic. Well, I've, I written, just, I've written a... Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I wanted to say, Dan, thank you, Dan. That was a great listen. I liked the 9-11 joke. <laughs> that's just a great haiku regardless of context i wrote a haiku a couple years ago that said that was um you used to say you're not fat when i said i was now you say nothing yeah that's a haiku that's, I've yeah that's people used to always tell me i look like peter jackson or I, I people used to tell me i look like a skinny peter jackson and then peter jackson lost weight and then they stopped saying it and then he put his weight back on and now people just tell me i look like peter jackson 
God. Can we make that a haiku? <laughs> you um, Dan used mm. to say I think there's too many too many events happened. Looked like Peter Jackson <laughs> when he was fat. When I was fat. Dan um, said that uh, they uh, wish that they'd planned out more to say, and they've actually got a second message <laughs> they've sent in. So let's obviously they thought of more to say. So let's get that one um, all all fired up. Three, two, one. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, please do write your stop. Stop this recording and and say our IQs before I go on to this. But I watched my first Barbie movie ever, uh, Barbie nice. Chelsea and the, La- the Lost Birthday. Mm. Oh fuck! I really should have done more than one take of this, but fuck it. <laughs> uh, I wrote a haiku for this movie. I like to share. Mm. Uh, it was honestly a lot better than I expected. I think I gave it two and a half stars, maybe three. I don't know. You know, it's it's for kids. Operating it from that scale. The haiku that I wrote is. The Wizard of Oz, if the professor was a twink on a Segway. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be here for the next 10 seconds. Aloha means goodbye again. Very good. Very nice. good reference. Um, loved it. Loved it, Richard. Loved I it. loved it. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> Is that a reference to our Yu-Gi-Oh! video we did a couple of years ago? Yeah, it was actually. <laughs> Wow. Do you remember what I said? It was like I was like reading out like a description of a Yu-Gi-Oh monster. It's time to do- so I'm gonna play the Vorse Raider, yep. which is a beast warrior. This wicked beast warrior does every horrid thing imaginable, and he loves it. <laughs> his axe bears the mark of his countless victims. I can't see any marks. I guess he hasn't killed any. <laughs> Uh, cool. All right, we got another message here from Vinny. Uh, my mixtape from Planet Vulcan. You ready to do that one? I am. All righty. Three, two, one. Buenos dias, amigos. So my relationship with Back to the Future actually starts off the same way as Karate Kid, where it was a used bookstore who sold VHSs, and I bought the trilogy one day at the store when my mom saw it and said I would really like the movies. We then sat down that night and watched the first one together, and it was very funny to see her leave the room the second they were showing that the sun had to start hitting on the mom, and she was just uncomfortable. When I finished watching the trilogy like over the next few days, I knew that this was going to be a franchise I would love for the rest of my life and to this day I can't really pick one as my favorite because I just love the entire journey for Marty and everything that is established and set up and how it's all paid off at the end and how it's just like this perfect little trilogy that should just stay a trilogy and I do love that Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale will say until the cows come home that no reboot or sequel will happen as long as they are alive which creative should always have that amount of control when it comes to these properties personally i've thought about how the only way i would accept like a sequel or reboot is let's just take the setting and put it overseas let's just tell a story about someone overseas not in america and just tell a story about time travel in somewhere other than the north american continent because i'm low-key sick of everything <laughs> being established in like north america or like how america is the, the primary um setting for places in mainstream media so i would i would think that 
the only way I would like it is would cause the most uproar with conservatives like oh they're fucking putting um, a Middle Eastern person as the star of the new Back to the Future fucking woke media blah 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 I've also begun thinking about what would be like the dumbest thing I would ever do to with time travel because obviously I would choose something sentimental like oh I want to re-experience this or say goodbye to a loved one one more time but like the dumbest thing I would probably choose to do with time travel is travel back to 9-11 and just like really make sure Seth MacFarlane misses his flight that morning just like I know he's fine in the present but like I want to go back in time and just really make sure that man survives. Or just visit Mark Wahlberg and be like, hey, <laughs> turn on CNN and see his reaction. Like, what the fuck are you going to do, huh? Could you have stopped this, huh, motherfucker? Interesting that Vincent is not saying he would stop 9-11. He just wants to be involved. He so. just <laughs> he just wants to front row seats. I, d- I mean, Vinny, what's, what proof do you have that at some point in the future you haven't done that? And that's what made mm. Seth MacFarlane miss that flight. That's what made Mark Wahlberg think he could have stopped it. Mm, I would say that it'd be cool to do a... They should wait till 2031 to do a Back to the Future reboot. And then when he goes back and he's like, oh, I'm sure in every corner store in 2031, you can just melt steel beams uh, wherever you want. But the only thing that can burn hot enough to melt steel beams is jet fuel and you know unfortunately we never know where it's going to be burning and they're like wait a minute Mm, mm. jet fuel can melt steel beams i know i think a middle eastern back to the future sounds cool when i started to think about it and then i realized i was thinking about ms marvel (laughs) (laughs) they they go to the past and that um and that's sort of that's sort of like maybe the the tone that that a movie like that would. yeah i mean yeah, that is a good way to get around, especially, you know, if you have like a, uh, yeah, you know, just a, a foreign language remake of mm. Back to the Future. It's like m- most mm. of the audiences that that's going to be offended by that aren't going to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What about a New Zealand set Back to the Future? Where would you go back to in Back to the, the Future? Wow. Great stuff. Right, uh, what, what would you go back to? The, um... well, I like, what's a good time period to, to travel back to? Like, is if you did it now, is the 90s of New Zealand that interesting? To, or the mm. 80s? Like, what, what's a big event in... What's a big cultural movement in New Zealand history? The destruction of the could... pink and white terraces. What's that? There was, like, one of the, like... Not not an official wonder of the world. The, sorry, dogs barking yes, outside. Right. But... Yeah, there was like, what was it? It was like a, a spring, wasn't it? Yeah, these like beautiful, I mean, we don't have any photos of it because they were destroyed before photography existed, but we've got pictures and stuff. And yeah, it was like these, essentially these you know, naturally made steps that were people would come from all over the world to see. Although I was reading a thing today that um, there's... They weren't that pink. No, <laughs> there's a, a lake that is flowing into a river for the first time ever. Something's happening that's like... I saw this as well. Yeah, it's yeah, draining. Yeah. And so if it drains enough, we might be able to see the remains, uh, what, what remains of the pink and white terraces underneath. That's very cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Vinny has got another message called, Can you dig it? Three, two... One. 
Hey besties, Vinny here. So I don't have much to say about the Barbie movies because I've never watched a single second of them. Regardless if I've listened to the Barbie episode about four or five times, wow. just when I level grind in video games, I cannot retain any of the information of the stories of any of the Barbie movies whatsoever. So I thought as for fun, I would go online and look up a quiz to see what type of Ken I am. <laughs> and I have found one from a website called Bino.com. Bino. Why? Because I'm Mexican? <laughs> whatever, whatever. Oh, so I'm going to live take this quiz and see what kind of Ken I am. Okay, first question. What's your ideal day? Hanging out with my girlfriend rollerblading, relaxing on the beach, going clothes shopping, getting some errands done, going to the post office, that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to say relaxing on the beach. Question number two. Choose a Barbie. Original Barbie, Surfer Barbie, Mermaid Barbie, Old Trafford Barbie. Well, considering there's no thick, big titty goth girl Barbie, <laughs> I'ma choose Mermaid. Question number three. Where do you most like to hang out? Wherever Barbie is? The beach, of course. The mall. The Rover's Return. Don't know what that is. Um, I'ma choose the beach. Question number four. What's your ideal holiday? <laughs> Wherever Barbie wants to go, the Caribbean, Milan or Paris, a caravan in Wales. What the hell? <laughs> um, I'ma say, uh, wherever Barbie wants to go. I'm sure she can find someplace nice. Question number five. Choose a sport. Basketball, surfing, volleyball, snooker. Um, basketball. Pick a meal for question number six. Whatever Barbie's having, barbecue, sushi, a Sunday roast with all the trimmings. Uh, I'm going to go with sushi. Question number seven. How would your friends describe you? Would it be just Ken, a radical dude, very stylish, an icon? Oh, I'm a fucking icon for sure. <laughs> um, question number eight. Pick an, an accessory. A thick woolly jumper. Bum bag, sunglasses, I am an accessory. Yeah, I'm an accessory to murder, so I'll pick that. Question number nine. Choose an inspirational man. Ryan Gosling, Jesse Owens, Alexander McQueen, Ian Beale. Uh, I'ma choose Gosling, because him and Drive is literally me, bro. Question number ten. Pick a drink. A healthy smoothie, an iced, key, uh, an iced tea, a lemonade, a nice cup of tea, two sugars. Iced tea all the way, baby. I don't drink. And my Ken is original Ken. You're original Ken. You're the one and only Ken 1.0. There's no one quite like you, although you're not exactly unique. Awesome. Gonna update my Tinder bio as we speak. What a bummer of a Ken to get, you know? Yeah, just like, oh, you're just, just regular Ken. I, I did it along with Vinny. Oh, yes, what'd you get? Uh, I got Ken Barlow. It appears that you are Coronation Street's Ken Barlow. You'd rather be in The Rover's Return than at a party. I'm sorry, the the answers weren't all Barbie-based Kens? I, were... No, I think that I got the the silly one. Oh my god. Uh, there's also an Ultimate Barbie movie quiz that was just recommended on the sideline. Uh, if you want to... How many Barbie movies have there been up until 2020? 3, 7, 17, or 37? Well, I feel very qual. I've never felt more qualified to answer a question in my life. Mm. 37, please. Spot the fake Barbie movie. Barbie in the Nutcracker. Barbie as Rapunzel. Barbie of Swan Lake. Or Barbie in Gotham. 
I'm so annoyed at how easy that is. Swan Lake? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Spot the fake Barbie movie again. Barbie Fairytopia, Barbie Mariposa, Barbie Mermaidia, or Barbie Rainbowtopia? Rainbowtopia. Mm -hmm. See, that one's a little harder. These have all just been the last one. (laughs) Okay, I'll just... uh, Spot the fake Barbie Christmas movie. I know, last one, I promise. Well, the answer has been the last one for all of them, so. Barbie in a Christmas carol. Barbie in a... Barbie, a perfect Christmas. Barbie's nightmare before Christmas. Barbie in the Nutcracker. I don't remember what Barbie a perfect Christmas is, but I know that... that What was the third one? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Barbie a perfect Christmas is the one that I have ranked... That's we did. We covered it with Nick Sampson. That's right. Yeah. Yes, but um, yeah, they have written Barbie in a Christmas Carol with a T at the end. So I, like, but there's also no Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm, all right, I'm gonna go with Christmas Carol. <laughs> no, I got Nightmare Before Christmas. Spot the real Barbie movie: Barbie Whale Shark Adventure, Barbie Dolphin Magic, Barbie Narwhal Rampage, or Barbie Otter <laughs> Babies. Narwhal Rampage, yes! <laughs> is I believe it with? is. No, I'm going with Dolphin Magic. This there year, is a narwhal in one of the new Barbie Mermaid movies, though, that we watched. Oh, really? So this was last PS5. updated July 1st, 2021. Oh, really? You've seen it? <laughs> uh, and this year hopefully sees the release. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today of the live-action Barbie movie star Margot Robbie, but what colourful character has she played in the DC Comics superheroes franchise? Batman, Harley Quinn, the Penguin, or Poison Ivy? Harley Quinn. Barbie in A Christmas Carol was based on a famous book. Who wrote it? Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) Charles Darwin, Charles Dickens, Charlie D'Amelio, or Prince Charles? Uh, A lot of people don't know this, but Prince Charles actually wrote... Yeah, Christmas character. Charlie D'Amelio. That's what she, that's people are always like. What's she even famous for? But yeah, <laughs> when was Barbie born? Nineteen fifty nine, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand nine, or the in the Cambrian era? This is so much harder than any of the other questions that they've asked so far. <laughs> what would you say? What is it? What are the options again? Nineteen fifty nine, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand nine, or in the Cambrian oh, era? Oh, sorry, no, it's not hard. It's nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, that's right. Barbie plays the princess in Barbie the Princess and the Pop Star, but who plays the pop star? Barbie. Also another Barbie. Tiffany Bubble Mix, Teresa, or Ken. I don't know what the answer uh, is. Maybe what did you what did, what would you put? Well, I think maybe Teresa? That is incorrect, AJ. I put Barbie because I was and I'm right. So So it's just two Barbies yeah. in the movie. Barbie Superfan. My my score eight out of nine uh, nine out of nine. Your score is eight out of nine. Alrighty, we have Now got we can pick a... some animals and it'll tell us our favourite Ruby Gilman teenage Kraken character. <laughs> I don't want to! 
All right, we've got another message here from a first-time caller for the Cult Elders. This is from uh, also named Vinny. So I've opened that up now. Let me know when you're ready. Mm-hmm. All righty, three, two, one. Howdy, gents. It's the new Vinny on the block. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I wanted to start by saying I thought it was nice of you guys to cover so many series that feature that nice actor who played the, that, that doctor with OCD who took a crap on the roof of the building in, in Scrubs. <laughs> no, but really, starting out with Back to the Future, um, I it's not something that I've always like loved. Like Back to the Future has always been good, but not something I've come back to a lot. Um, I do share the sentiment in Back to the Future Part 2 that I haven't rewatched them in a while, but that... I remember that one being my favorite because I thought, oh, cool. Look at all, how the future's going to look. Look at all this cool stuff. And then I, I looked back at some of the clips of some of the f- stuff in the future. It's like, wow, this is, this is really underwhelming. <laughs> so I could totally get behind um, them redoing Back to the Future every 20, 30 years where they try to predict and give that kind of what's going to happen next in the future. I didn't listen to the Barbie episode because as of the time of recording this, I am one hour into the third of the oh. original trilogy of the 18-hour podcast part. Um, but there was a jump scare where I was started. Li- I was I started listening to it on a trip. I was going. I was go- had a five-hour drive, and like about an hour into it, I lost service and didn't realize <laughs> that uh, the Barbie episode had turned off because it wasn't can keep playing because I didn't have an internet, and it switched to something that was downloaded, which was apparently the end of the Back to the Future episode that I have like 10 minutes left in apparently. Um, and I'm embarrassed to say that I listened to it for about five minutes before realizing <laughs> that you weren't talking about Barbie and I was just totally missing the point. And then Stuart Little. Wow, I could not believe that M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> was involved in the Stuart Little. I, I know I'd seen, I've only seen the first one ever. And I remember watching it when I was really young and being like, man, I have a lot of brothers, and I'm glad that none of them are mice. <laughs> but yeah, M. Night Shyamalan going from the sixth sense to this is this is just crazy. Thank you so much, Vinny. Um, one thing that Vinny talked about right at the start that I'd, I think would be fun to discuss is, uh, yeah, Michael J. Fox's guest spot in uh, Scrubs. He's in oh, two yes. episodes of Scrubs yeah. where he takes a crap on the roof and plays the doctor with OCD. And I think those are two of my favorite episodes of Scrubs. And mm. I kind of like always wanted to see more of that character. Um, and like I know he's retired from acting, but I always thought like I don't know that would be a cool spin-off or or a cool direction to take. Like yeah, I, he sort of did this, I guess, with the Michael J. Fox show. But I wish there was another attempt to just make a show about a guy with parkinson's as an explanation mm. for although for, he didn't have parkinson's and um and scrubs that's true but he had, he had ocd so i think they which of, was like his constant moving was like explained like by that but yeah yeah it was um yeah i, I really like those episodes there was mm. it's funny because there's there was some discussion in the discord a couple of days ago about how the music licensing on scrubs was it was different for streaming and i watched the, I, I, i've watched a few episodes of scrubs on um on streaming and it's i've never noticed different music choices or um or they i have hasn't been episodes that have been different but i went out of my way to specifically watch the episodes with michael j fox because i love the use of 
the Coldplay song, Everything's Not Lost at the end of it, when um, JD sort of has the moment of realization that it's like, this guy isn't perfect. He's dealing with a lot of his own shit. And uh, yeah, it was a completely different song and it ruined the episode for me. And it's annoying as well because then I went to listen to that song on Spotify because it's the last song on that album it has a hidden track and Mm. if you don't know about hidden tracks a common way they were done on cds is that the last song will actually be like 16 minutes long and there'll just be like 10 minutes of silence and then an extra Mm. song and they've preserved that on spotify so the song is like eight minutes long but the song finishes after three and a half minutes and then there's and it's like well i don't want this it's like just you can clip that up and put it as a separate track uh so yeah it's just annoying to have like six minutes of silence or whatever just saved on my mm. spotify playlist mm-hmm. interesting well richard we've got one more um mm. uh elder to get through uh, and this is a whopping 13-minute video from Bliss My Dog. Yeah, I'm gonna, Do you want to sh- I'll screen, screen share it so yeah, that yeah. we can... Um, uh, then I don't have to download the video and edit it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now make sure I share sound this time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I don't and need I'll to watch it. Optimize for video clip. And okay. yes. YouTube. Cool, yes! I'm sharing... All right, can you see a big black screen there, AJ? I can see a big black... It's as black as the night, Richard. <laughs> I've lost you. I can't see where you are anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, well, here I, we go. I can see me. It's okay. Okay, well, as long as you're still there. Um. So I took some notes here about all the different things I wanted to talk about. Um, I guess I'm going to pause here. I mean, Bliss is probably about to mention that, but uh, Bliss said, like, oh, I can't wait to... Um, listen to the Back to the Future episode and I can, and the elders, I can correct you on everything you got wrong. And mm. uh, yeah, all right, let's see, see how you do it. First of all, for what I promised last time, um, that being me searching the podcast for some sort of mistake and you're in luck because I only found one mistake. Uh, just to be honest, I was kind of uh, salivating at the mouth when AJ stumbled over what years Back to the Future Parts 2 and 3 were released, but uh, he managed to recover in a dignified way and actually say what years they were correctly. Now, as for the mistake, uh, clearly... Uh, Richard tried to uh, cover himself um, in regards to this mistake, but uh, here's an audio clip that I pulled from uh, the podcast with permission of Richard's fatal error. Uh, but the the shot you're thinking of is that the Eric Stoltz footage was in a vault for 30 years i believe either in 2015 or 2020 when they did the 30th or 35th anniversary Mm. uh blu-ray they made some of the eric stoltz footage available for the first time so yeah you could hear there that he made the audacious claim that it came out (laughs) in 2015 or 2020 both of which are false it actually came out in 2010 for the 25th anniversary the original blu-ray release 
Richard, you're a heathen. A heathen, you hear me? A heathen! But yes, moving on. Um, I did mention about my dog. Uh, his name is Martin. Uh, when I got him, uh, I called him uh, Mar Marty Spirit McDog. Uh, the spirit part, of course, being a reference to everybody's favorite horsey spirit stallion of the Kimmeron. <laughs> now, uh, as for... <laughs> I've never even seen that movie. The little girl who I adopted him from called him Spirit, and uh, I uh, promised her that... Um, but yeah, um, I named my dog after Back to the Future because I love Back to the Future. It's my absolute favorite movie. Um, and I like to define things as being my favorite movies based off of um, not really being able to discern a particular favorite part because I'll be like, ooh, that's my favorite part. No, that's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. Um, I thought about it, and uh, if I wanted to say like what my most favorite of the favorite is parts of the entire back to first back to the future movie are it would actually be that scene where uh it's a quick shot of uh lorraine in 1955 um at uh in front of the cafe and uh it's a quick shot it's kind of like a whip pan and uh she kind of turns and says as marty's on his skateboard she looks back and says he's an absolute dream oh my god that shot is like the best shot in the entire movie i don't know what about about it there's like this 50s music briefly playing in the background during the shot um and it's it's just perfect editing to me and i absolutely love that part um uh now as for the other two movies um I'm not as big a fan of Back to the Future 2. I really don't like the future stuff all that much, uh, particularly because um, Marty McFly in 2 looks a lot like my kind of crazy uncle <laughs> that I don't really care for all that much. And it's kind of weird to me to see Michael J. Fox looking like my uncle. <laughs> um, but I do like the stuff where they do go back to the first movie um quite a bit i like um uh he's an uh marty's in uh alternate uh 1985 and um he uh <laughs> he's with biff upstairs and biff's about to shoot him and marty's like you're forgetting one thing what's that what the hell is that best <laughs> one of the best lines of the entire movie and also the wallet dude i love him he's also uh really awesome as for the third film i can't really point to any moments that particularly stand out but um there's a particular moment or series of moments in the movie towards the beginning where marty first gets back to 1885 and uh it's kind of really awkward where he decides that he's going to, or I guess the filmmakers decided that Marty had to tell us every little thing that's happening after it happens. He'll be like, oh shit, the cavalry. Oh shit, the gas line. Uh, oh shit. He doesn't say Native Americans, but oh shit. <laughs> Look, Native Americans. Um, he just, why does he have to tell us? 
Why does he have to tell us like those things? It's just sloppy. We see them happen. It's just sloppy um, screenwriting. He didn't have to have those lines. They had to cut them out. It's it's stupid. I hate that part. Um, now, as for my fandom of Back to the Future, um, I do have the DeLorean Lego. I have played the Back to the Future game. I actually have the uh, USA Today because um, they did an USA Today um, uh, for the day that Marty actually went uh, to the future. Um, and it's a, a replica of that particular um, issue. Um, although they did change um, the Princess Diana <laughs> bit um, on the cover. Um, I do also have the... Uh, the book, um, the updated version of the book that goes into the detail of like behind the scenes and all that. Um, I read everything up to uh, like the first film. I didn't read as much for like the uh, second film or the third film, but I really did enjoy reading that stuff about uh, first film. Um, I do recommend looking up uh, the Back to the Future uh, tie-in novel. Um, it's based off of an earlier version of the script, and it is hilarious. You can find, like, a blog. I think it's called B to the F. Um, that is some guy going, like, uh, page by page in excruciating detail if you don't want to read, like, the whole book. And it is hilarious, just how stupid the original version of the novel is. Um, but yeah, um, just kind of rambled on about that for a little bit. Uh, I love Back to the Future. Obviously, I named my dog. He has a comic um, strip that I write about him daily. Um, but yeah, I think about Back to the Future probably every single day for that reason because my dog is named after it and I love my dog. So yeah. Uh, moving on um, to uh, Barbie. Uh, now, uh, the only thing I really have to say about Barbie doesn't really have that much to do with Barbie. <laughs> it's just like the title of the podcast where it said uh, Barbie 38 through 42. It's just a weird math thing. I, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, 38 through 42, that's four. No, it's five. I forgot to include um, the 38 in the set. It's just a weird math thing. It sometimes it takes a second to include itself. Yeah. So maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I'm not. But I probably am. Okay. Now on to uh Stuart Little. Now I kind of teased this um in uh on the Discord. Um because you guys talked about like the swearing and kind of like made fun of people uh or uh and I, I, you didn't make fun of anybody in particular, but said like, oh, ha, ha, they swore in the movie. Um, now, uh, I said in the Discord that I had a friend who was actually very adamantly against the swearing in the movie. Now, let me just say, this friend uh, swears like a sailor. Um, she says it all the time. Um, says stuff like that all the time. But um, I'll just start by saying she's a school teacher. And she had a, a unit on uh, Stuart Little um, where she'd read Stuart Little to her elementary school class. Now, the problem is that in the U.S. at least, the uh, rating from the film jumps up from G to 
PG when you start having swearing in the film. Now, she is an elementary school teacher, and because they had to throw in like one or two hells or dams, that kind of raised the rating to a point where she wasn't allowed to show the movie to her class. Um, and uh, she actually told me about how much she hated the movie because um, they had to have those swear words in there um, and raise the rating. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty legitimate reason to hate the swearing in the film, and, in that film in particular. <laughs> Another thing is that uh, about Stuart Little is that I was actually kind of really shocked that you guys didn't mention um, the PlayStation 1 game. Man, that PlayStation 1 game... Um, it was a really good, like, uh, platformer game. Um, it kind of reminded me of, like, Toy Story 2, uh, or I guess it was called Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue. Um, uh, it's a very uh, good platforming game, uh, interesting. Uh, it does have, like, tank controls, which I believe, which made it a little bit annoying to play. But, yeah, um, I do highly recommend checking out the Stuart Little game uh, if you still have a PlayStation 1 or 2 that or 3, technically, um, that can still play it. Uh, and then finally, I just want to wrap up Stuart Little and I guess this entire thing by uh, pointing out a weird thing I was also surprised I didn't mention was the um, anachronisms, I guess you could call it, in Stuart Little 2. Um, now, Stuart Little 1 um, is a pretty, like, I guess you could say it doesn't, really have a time period um it kind of just um it's kind of like a timeless story the only things that really imply a sort of time period is like high-end rc technology <laughs> but when you get to stuart little too all of a sudden like they're clearly in like 2002 playing playstation 2 which is kind of weird that the uh game is on playstation 1 he's on his skateboard suddenly like it's not really like a timeless story it's suddenly just like up um in a sudden uh more modern setting and i guess really i just wanted to get your guys opinion on that particular aspect or maybe i missed something in one that kind of pointed it to a specific time period but yeah i hope you're ashamed for your uh terrible mistake that you made um during the back to the future podcast despite claiming that you wouldn't make any mistakes um now i may have accidentally said a mistake or two um and i tried not to um during this tangent but i'm not a professional podcaster so i'm allowed to get away with it so there, ha. Well, yes, a uh, professional podcaster would probably send in a, a shorter message. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's all good. Uh, so, no, a great. Uh, that is a good point. That that the first Stuart Little, I don't actually. I don't know. I don't know if they are timeless because it's more like it's the. To me, I think of them as very like early 2000s well the world trade centers in the first one that's true that's true well maybe it is maybe that's why two is forced to like reckon with its own time period because like (laughs) yeah bliss is right like this skateboarding and 
uh, that sort of thing. Mm. That is very like we're cool kids yeah. stuff in two thousand two. You know, so that is a good point. Um, is there a legitimate reason to not like the swearing in, in Stuart Little because their their friends a school teacher? I don't know. I don't. I think I teach I think the those fucking there kids about the real swear. world. Yeah, how to swear responsibly. That's what we need to be taught. Well, swearings are sometimes I, food. Yeah. And I think that that the real problem is is that you're not allowed to show elementary school kids a PG movie. Like that's yeah, that's just stupid. Uh, kids are stupid. I think that's dumb. I think that's dumb. Kids yeah. are the smartest people I know. Wow. Well, Richard, <laughs> shall we shall we adjourn the meeting here? What do you think? I feel comfortable adjourning. What's this episode gonna be called? I think. We haven't had I like reckon, a zany offshoot of the conversation. A lot to get through. <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I think anyway. Um, thank you for listening or watching, everybody. If you enjoyed this, please support us at all the places. You can do that uh, by following us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also join the Discord, which is where we get a lot of these messages from. Um, and if you want to be a part of the meeting of the elders for next month, then sign up to the Cult Elders tier on patreon.com slash We get a whole bunch of other rewards, including the post credit scene, which is coming at you right now after this music ends. Mm. And those watching the video will see that not a lot of time actually passes meeting adjourned <laughs> welcome along to the post credit scene this is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate five dollars or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about and this is the post credit scene richard who's it from and what is it well just before we get to the i just want to put the call out to everyone uh we're getting to the end of our banked questions here so everyone this is your official call to action to send us in some more if you if you're part of the cult cult member or higher tier yes yeah so this one comes to us from joshua cole who says what is your favorite bird big bird a a gen 2 penguin Mm. you're not a fan of the gen 1 penguin it's very funny (laughs) it's very funny (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and New Zealand has some great native birds. We have some wonderful. In fact, a bat one bird of the year yeah. last year. Yeah, um, I do. Kiwi story of the century. Kiwi are very, very cute. If you actually get the chance to see one in real life, um, especially I like a in- dream. I saw a kiwi the other day. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've uh, stroked a little newborn kiwi. Oh. Newly hatched kiwi, and they're so cute. Like they're one of those things because they have like really um, clear like expression lines on the side of their eyes. It like it looks like they're smiling, um, wow. and so like they, even though they've got this like massive long beak, they can look like they're smiling, and it's they're adorable. Hmm. Actually, my favorite bird are those little like pet parakeets or whatever that that when you play music around them, they stand around the table and go like. <laughs> they're like yeah little dancing birds those are my favorites imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.